Men. All right. Has everyone had their Barocca this morning? I actually ran out of my multivitamins this morning, so I took one of Josh's um, men's performance multivitamins, but I haven't yet grown a beard, so <laughs> that's a good thing. Anyway, um, it's now my honour to introduce an incredible young man, James Baccarini, come up. James has been over in New Zealand studying at the Equippers College over there and he's, he's going to share a little bit of his journey this morning, a bit of his testimony, just I guess uh, the path that God has had him on and we're looking forward to hearing from him. So thanks James. Thank you. Hey guys, morning, wow. Um, how exciting. Oh man, it's so cool to be home. Um, for those of you who don't know me or are new here or are visiting, this is the kind of church I grew up in, this is where I... Um, started coming to, I think, five years ago when I first got saved. Um, and yeah, this was my first youth group, my first church. And yeah, uh, you may hear a lot of people saying, Bacco's back, that's because I left, and so now I'm here, uh, to speak to you guys today, which is fantastic. I've been over in New Zealand studying at Bible College, and so you'd hope my theology's not too bad, but um, we'll see how this goes. Uh, yeah, kind of what I'm talking about today is trusting in God and trusting in uh, what he says to us and holding on to his promises and just what just just grasping what he wants us um, to hold on to and so um, mainly because the first point is that when God told me to go to Bible college I really didn't want to uh, I it's, we have to go all the way back to 2016 to start this story um, I was sitting my HSC and I basically realized that I or I thought I realized I had no hope of getting into uni for the degree I wanted to go for which is a teaching degree and so I was kind of like, what do I do? And then suddenly this opportunity came up to go take a gap year working as a um, primary school um, kind of like intern in England. And so I was like, cool, let's do that. And that just, that basically got pushed into my hand. So I just took it and ran. And so I ended up moving over to England for a year. And England was such an incredible uh, place to be in, such a great uh, space to be in. I loved working with um, school kids. I loved working in the school, which is great because it meant, okay, cool, I actually enjoy doing this. I could possibly actually do this for a career, which is a great thing to find out. I was also um, in this great church. I found this church called Equippers, uh, who are originally from New Zealand and who we have a good connection with here. And I just, I found it like, out of all the places in England, I could have been randomly placed for this position I got. I got placed um, a 20-minute train trip from Equippers. So I was just, it was just like straight away, I was just like, okay, God's set on me going to this church. This is where I'm meant to be. Um, another highlight from England was I got to play a season of cricket in England, which was life highlights, honestly. <laughs> I, yeah, I went over to England and I just loved it over there. But coming towards the end of the year, probably like September, October, I realised I kind of had a decision to make. Surprisingly to me, I actually did get accepted into uni for the degree I was going for. And so I could have gone home and gone to study my um, teaching degree, which would have meant I could have got paid more, which would have been great, and could have just stayed, could have kept working uh, just through kind of what I felt like was working just through life, getting to where I'm supposed to be and all that good stuff. But the other problem was I was just so in love with England. I was just loving the place so much. Um, the church I was in, the school I was working at, just, it, was just, it was just all working so well for me. I was in such a place of comfort. I didn't want to leave. And, and I was just praying about it because I kind of felt there was kind of, I wanted to stay in England. I almost, I almost, I don't like to put this on him, but I almost felt like my dad was the reason I was going to go back to uni. Not because he was like, you have to go to uni. He didn't care and doesn't care. Not doesn't care, but like, it's just like, as long as you're doing something, like, go for it. But I just felt like, like, I don't know, I'd put, 
all that working to get there and then just not to take it would just be disrespecting him. So I was just really scared of not going to uni. And I was just praying about it and praying about it and praying about it for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. And I finally just, God, do I go, to, do I go home to Australia or do I stay in England? And I get this really, really clear New Zealand. I'm like, no, Jesus, that wasn't one of the options. <laughs> but I just, like, I, after, after a few weeks of praying, I just, every time I go to pray about it, it's just New Zealand, New Zealand. I start going to sleep and waking up in the middle of the night in New Zealand. I'm like, God, why would I go to New Zealand? Bible college? Equippus has a Bible college um, that a few of my friends in England had gone to, a few of the people at the church had gone to. And I suddenly just get this massive tug on my heart, like, you need to go to that Bible college. And I was just trying to hide from it. I didn't talk to anyone about it because I didn't want them to be like, yeah, no, go to Bible college. And it got to the stage, probably about two weeks after I've had that just really intense revelation of just, you need to go. I was sitting in church. I could not tell you who was speaking. I couldn't tell you what the sermon was on. I was just sitting there just like, God, do I go for it? Do I go for it? And just as I start thinking that, the person sitting next to me leans over and goes, oh, hey, um, I don't know what's going on, but God told me to tell you to go for it. (laughs) Word for word, exactly what happened. Honestly, Leanne, 100%. That's not even the end of it. No, I I was was so, okay, fine, I need to go to Bible college. This is what's happening with my life now. How am I going to do this? How am I going to tell my my non-Christian family that I'm moving to another country again? to go study at Bible college when I've been accepted into uni. How am I going to do this? God, you've got to be kidding, right? And I, I, I go to church on Wednesday night. The Wednesday night they have their prayer meetings and I go in and someone comes up to me and just starts praying. I'm like, hey, do you, have any, do you have any prayer requests or something? I'm just like, I just thought I'd be really vague about it, try and trick Jesus out of sending me to Bible college. I was just like, oh, no, no, I, 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 just, I just really feel like I need some wisdom for the next season of my life. I need, I need just a direction for the next season of my life. This person lays their hand on my shoulder and then recoils. And they just go, James, what are you talking about? God already told you what to do next year. I'm like, okay. Okay, Jesus, we're going to Bible college. And then to top it all off, I told my dad, and he was like, yep, yeah, cool. My dad did not, he was just like, go for it, sick. That's what you want to do, that's what you want to do with your life, go for it. I was just like, oh. So let's just recap for a second. It took longer for me to convince myself to go to Bible college than it took me to convince my dad who doesn't believe in Jesus. And yeah, so I just, I I ended up going to Bible college in New Zealand this year, and that's how I got there. Why I got there is a totally another story, but we'll get to that in a minute. I just want to quickly go to the Bible because that's a good place to be. Um, if we just get the first verse up, Dean. Uh, this is 1 Samuel 14, verses 1 through to 14. One day, Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who carried his armor, Come, let us go to the Philistine garrison on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Let's keep going. Saul was staying in, in the outskirts of Gibeah in the pomegranate cave at Migron. I hope I'm saying these right. The people who were with him were about 600 men, including Ahijah, the son of Ahitab, Ichabod's brother, son of Phineas, son of Eli, the priest of the Lord of Shallow, wearing an ephod. And the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. Within the, pass- within the passes, 
by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine garrison. There was a rocky crag on the one side and a rocky crag on the other side. The name of the one was Bozes and the name of the other, Sene. The one crag rose on the north in front of Mishmash <laughs> and the other on the south in front of Geba. And the next two verses are where I'm going to hold it. So Dean, if you, I'll read this one and then the next one and then stop. Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armour, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by... Oh, okay. And his armour-bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I am with you, heart and soul. And I just want to hold on that verse for a minute. Because Jonathan's armour-bearer, right? This guy... Like his only mention in the Bible is that he carried um, his mate's armor, but he was with him heart and soul, and he was just so, so, just so ready, so committed to go over the edge. And I think, yeah, just I think the first thing I want to talk about is just just going with it. This when if if you ever get something that hefty from God, just go for it. Don't question it. Don't try and put it off because it's not worth trying to fight it. Trust me. Um, it was a very chaotic season in my life when I was trying to push that away because I was essentially running away from God when I was doing that. And it was just silly. But I think you just keep the verse up, Dean. Yes, back to seven. Do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I'm with you heart and soul. Uh, just the other thing is, is when, when you go with it, go with it heart and soul. Commit yourself. Don't, don't hold back from, from something you think is of God if it's... You know, I'm going with this because I'm paid to do it. I'm going with this because it's my duty to you um, to do this as my child or as my parent or whatever. Don't, if, if we're going to commit to something, we might as well commit to it completely and commit heart and soul. Do everything with all the passion you have in yourself. Um, so we can just flick back to verse 6, please, Dean. Keeping him on his toes this morning. Sweet. I might just read it off of here. Jonathan said to his young armor-bearer, Come, let's go over to the outposts of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. I love, I love in that just perhaps, perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Um, I think just to trust there that it's not something that just comes naturally. It's something that comes through having gone through stuff before, having gone through struggles and through trials before. We grow in these things. I think that Jonathan to have that faith of perhaps God will act for us isn't because of, yeah, just because he's been told it's happened, but because he's seen God act before. And he's holding on to the promises that God's told his forefathers, the promises that are in the Bible, in the Old Testament, that God will look after him no matter what. And so I think in, in some seasons we do get to those um, spaces where we have no clue what's going to happen, but we have to just trust perhaps. Uh, I'll, I'll read the rest of the verse in a minute, but definitely in my, in, in my first six months, seven months of Bible college, I had no idea what I was doing there. I was so confused. I, I literally had one of my pastors come up to me and go, look, you need to sort out what you're doing here because otherwise you're just taking another gap year and there's no point in you actually being here. This isn't... This isn't to do with my marks, my marks were fine. I did, I did all right. Like, I, I didn't have any like late assignments or anything, which a lot of other people had. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, it's just holding, holding on to that. Just God had put me there for a reason. I was just kind of there, like 
cool, let's just get through this. Let's just work through it and just get this behind me because I need to get out of Bible college and go, go do whatever I'm actually meant to do. And about halfway through the year, I just got told, look, you need to, you need to find more reason to be here. And so, yeah, which was, which was a fun conversation to have. Um, but around the same, around the same time, I, I just kind of felt like God had just gone completely quiet on me. Um, Dan, I'm actually going to skip ahead on you on the verses again. I'm so sorry. Um, I did AV here for like three years, and I hate sending AV guys through the loop because I know the pain. Uh, if you guys, if anyone wants to sign up to AV team, there are spots. Um, join, honestly. It, you know what? Servant hearts, good for you. Um, yeah, but yeah, in, that, in those first, in those probably months, four to six of Bible college, second term of the first semester, I was just, why, why am I here, God? And I was just, I, I honestly feel like I was getting nothing back from God. I didn't hear anything. To hear so, so adamantly and so clearly, not half a year before and then later just getting nothing was demoralizing. I had no idea what I was doing, what I was doing there, why I was in New Zealand. And that's what it felt like. That is honestly, I had no words to describe it. But we got this verse, um, which will be Matthew 3.13, Dean, please. And um, we got spoken to about this Bible verse during our class. And it was... uh, Matthew 13, yeah, I'll read it off here again. Um, Dean, if you want to, sweet, thank you, bro. Uh, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan, to John, these are much nicer names, to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need, you to, be bapt- I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and, came to, and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And we're just going to wait there for a second, Dean. Thank you so much. Uh, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. What a powerful thing to hear from a voice coming from the heavens that you're so favoured by God. The next verse, Matthew 4, chapter 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Jesus went straight from being the beloved son of God to being tempted, in the devil, um, tempted by the devil in the desert. Tempted by the desert in the middle. Um, to being tempted by the devil in the desert for, uh, I think it was 40 days. And... And, and we, we can't sit here and expect, oh, is that because Jesus sinned? Is that because Jesus did something wrong? God, God doesn't go quiet on us when we do something wrong. God wants to guide us and care for us. Sometimes he might um, if he's just like, look, I want to do this. Hence what I was doing. God, I just want to leave. If, if you're following in the righteous path of God, he will, there, will be a, there will be a season of temptation. I was tempted to drop out of Bible college. I was tempted to go try and get into a uni degree. I was tempted to just leave. I, I don't know why I was there. I had no reason to be there. I mean, I kind of was learning about the Bible, which was sick. Um, turned out, when I went over there, I learned two things in one of my first lessons. The first is that some people apparently don't know how to read the Bible correctly, which was like, oh, okay, that's weird. Um, which isn't so much as saying you're reading it wrong as in you can get so much more out of it by having the context. So the second thing I found out was that I was reading the Bible wrong, essentially. 
So, like, Bible college was, like, the first six months were not a waste of time because I, I found out, oh, I can get so much more out of my Bible reading if I, if, I, if I plan to read the Bible rather than just, oh, on a whim, oh, I'll read the Bible now. If I pray into it beforehand, just like, God, can you speak to me? If I'm, if I'm studying for a specific season or for a specific reason, if I'm holding on to verses in times of struggle and in times of difficulty. And this one came along uh, a couple of months after I learned that. I just held on to that. Jesus went from being the son of God who was so beloved and so treasured to being tempted in the wilderness. He was still the beloved son of God being tempted in the wilderness. Jesus had the blessings of God with him when he was being tempted. He was being tempted because he was walking in the right stead. I think that's just, that was, I mean, that was just a confounding experience for me. Um, just to think that, yeah, God was... Yeah, even though, even though we think we're in the wilderness and abandoned, God does still have a plan for us, and we just need to hold on to the promises he gave us, um, which I think, yeah, just correlates with what, um, with what Jonathan said in, um, in 1 Samuel 14, 6, where he where he's just said, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. You know, he's holding on to those promises from before. And so... Yeah, so I went, I went through a season of real just like, I just don't know why I'm here. What am I doing? I was just kind of ready to bail, to be completely honest. Um, but I came out of it, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, and now I'm the complete Christian, because, like, no one is. Sorry if I've just burst your bubble. Uh, but I came out of, yeah, I came out of that season. It just, just started growing so just, just out, of, out of proportion to what I, the speed I've been growing at before. Um, the environment I was in at Bible college where all I do is just read the Bible or learn about the Bible or learn about um, leadership, which has been a real hoot and a half, like just finding out um, different stuff about just how to talk to people, hence microphone. Um, it's just been, a, it's just been a, a, exciting thing and e- exciting, did I say? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so just, just my third point is just, um, I think just regardless of what season we're in, we just need to remember to trust in God regardless um, you know, if it's a struggle or if it's, if it's a season of peace where we actually just feel content in where God's placed us. So I think those last few months, I was just so content in the place I was in. And to be honest, I was actually scared of getting ripped away because of the contentness I'd found in England before. I was just like going, God's going to send me away to somewhere else. Where are we going next? Are we going to the Philippines? I don't know. That's not happening. Thank the Lord. Not that there's anything against the Philippines. I love, I love people from the Philippines. I had a friend in Bible college from the Philippines who was crazy. Um, but yeah, it's just, just following where God takes us. And, um, it's just an exciting adventure. I can recommend 10 out of 10. But um, regardless of whether we're in struggle or in peace, if you, if you hear God say go, first of all, just go. And second of all, if you don't hear him say anything else, keep going. I think just keep persisting no matter what God has a plan for our lives and he is moving. It's just, I think, in steps of faith. We don't, um, one of my points here, I don't know where I've written it, but I know it. Um, we, don't, we don't go through a struggle without reason. We don't go through difficulty without reason. We go through difficult times so we can learn something. We're tempted in, in so many areas. And Oh, yeah, here it is. Bible. Yep. Um, Dan, if we can just flick over to 1 Corinthians 10, should be the last one. Last two. Um, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man, uh, which is important to remember and hold on to because we know that you know we all go through stuff. No one here is perfect. No one here knows what they're doing um, half the time. Sorry if anyone had their bubble bursts as well. Probably the youth who think all the, adults are, all the adults have it together. 
Sorry, Isaiah, we don't. Amen. Um, yeah, just remembering that we all, we all fall into the same things. We all have the same kind of things that, we, that hold us back, that set us back. We all struggle in something. Um, even if it's different to someone else's, there will be someone who struggles with the same kind of um, emotional stuff you do or the financial stuff you do or the, um, just whatever season you're in. The people have gone through it before and it's so important. I think also just to reach out to your church elders and your church pastors and just being able to speak to them about your struggle because oh, there's no greater confidence than knowing that God has um, helped someone through a season that you're going through before because when he's done it before, you know he can do it again. And yeah, so this is last verse. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that it may be able to, that you may be able to endure it. So I just want to say, yeah, if you're going through a season of um, difficulty or of struggle or of I don't know what I'm doing here or God stopped telling me to go to New Zealand or I don't know what um, season you might be walking through or what season you might be walking in, but God, God's got us. God's got us completely. Um, wherever you're being tempted, wherever you feel like you're being led down the wrong path, God is leading you um, through the right path. And I think that last verse, I think just, just a key word for it is just the, just the last two words, just endure it. Endurance and endure it. So, which is basically the same thing. Um, if we just, yeah, if we just hold to endurance throughout what we're going through, just just to, just to push through, not, not necessarily for our sake, but for the sake of honouring our God, for the sake of just holding on to his promises and just remembering that he will come through for us in the end. Clearly, we're not at the end yet. That's why he hasn't finished all of his work, but he's still working in an incredible way. So, um, yeah, I just want to quickly pray for you guys, and I'll wrap up and hand over to Josh. But, um, yeah, it was such a privilege to be able to speak to you guys today. Um, and thank you for listening. Uh, it's just been, yeah, it's been fun. Um, but, yeah, thank you, Father, Lord. Uh, thank you, God, for every person in this room. Uh, thank you, God, that you're a great God, that you're a loving God, and that you have your hand on their life, um, regardless of what situation they're in, whether or not um, yeah, they're, they're struggling financially or they're struggling with illness or with bitterness or with uh, family disputes. Or even if you're in a season where they just feel at peace, God, that we just pray, Lord, that they can just hold on to um, your promises. Just remember that you are good, Lord, and that you're with them, God, and just I just pray, Lord, that just, yeah, just as people um, are receiving their promises from you, uh, God, that, yeah, Lord, that they can just hold on to it and just know it um, in their heart, God, regardless of what uh, their jobs tell them or what their workplace or what the world tells them, God, or what other people tell them about them, God, that at the end of the day, they are your child. They are still your child, God. I just pray that people can just hold on to that and just rem remember, Lord, just all the goodness you have done before and all the goodness you still have to do, God. So we just pray, Lord, that, yeah, God, that you, we can just hold on to your promises, Father. Thank you, God. Amen. Cool. Thanks, guys. So good. Thank you, Bako. How amazing is that, how God just spoke so clearly to James and led him. And I love 
I love the point that James makes that, you know, God spoke to him and then he stepped out and then it was a bit of a wilderness season. Where was God? And it's so often it happens in the Bible. It happened with Moses and the Israelites. They were so excited to be free from their slavery and God promised them a land of milk and honey. And then they stepped out into the wilderness. And it's, I just think in our life, it's often the way it happens too. God will speak to you. He'll lead you. And then you're like, you step out and you think it's going to be all amazing and when the rubber hits the road and there's pain or it's hard work I think our heart response is so important and um, obviously is what Jesus did in the temptation was he stood on the word where maybe all the feelings and all the emotion had come out of it he stood on what God had spoken he knew he was a son and so I think for each of us I know God has us all on different journeys but God speaks to us and he leads us and he calls us and I just want to encourage us based on what James said to put our trust in him maybe when things go quiet or when it's not all roses and butterflies and milk and honey to actually that's when the rubber hits the road and God develops something within us of great strength and so let's stand and we're going to um, worship and we're just going to thank God that in those wilderness seasons that God is doing something deep within us that is even beyond often what we can recognise until we're out of that season but ultimately He's leading us and He was leading James into something and He came through that and perhaps if you're in that wilderness season I just want to encourage you that You know, there's seasons and there's times and winter passes and then you enter into the hope and the promise of the next season. And um, I just have this little thing I read during the week, which I love. And I'll just finish with this and then we'll just sing. Um, It's from, it's just a quote from William Cooper. Trials make the promise sweet. Trials give new life to prayer. Bring me to my Saviour's feet. Lay me low and keep me there. So I just want to encourage us in those times of trials and wilderness to put our trust in God, to put our trust in what He's spoken maybe before we before things went silent, to not doubt that God has called you, that He has a purpose and a promise for you. And we're just going to finish by singing and thanking God for the hope, for the promise and that He's with us in those wilderness seasons. And how amazing, like um, James was saying about Jonathan, perhaps... Like, I'm going to step out in obedience, not even 100% convinced that God is going to work, but I'm going to step out just in case God moves. And what kind of attitude is that? You know, God, I'm going to be obedient and just trust that you're going to move even though I don't have it all figured out. So cool. All right, thanks, Tim. We might finish with praise. I think you've got a worship song going on there, but we might do praise and thank God. Awesome.